There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can better connect with customers and keep them happy. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Good morning, everyone. It's Friday, May 19th. I'm Mark Dent here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to talk about a company that's trying to make space food actually taste good. But before we start talking about the cosmos, we're going to stick down here and talk about business and tech. Starting off, the TikTok bans have begun. On Wednesday, Montana's governor signed a ban into law of the popular app. The governor explained that the decision would protect Montana from the Chinese Communist Party. That ban goes into effect in January, and any app store that continues to offer it as a download to Montana users could be fined $10,000 per day. But this ban has a long way to go to get to the finish line. TikTok, the ACLU, and various legal experts all say that this law blatantly violates free speech rights. Montana is the first state to put a ban like this into law, although there's a lot of talk around the country of others considering these bans, as is the Biden administration. The Biden administration has said that they would ban TikTok if its parent company, ByteDance, does not sell its U.S. operations for the app. On to another story about apps. ChatGPT now has a free one for iOS users. OpenAI says that the app will expand to people outside of the US and onto Android in the weeks ahead. Meanwhile, platforms like Facebook and YouTube can continue to sleep at night. The Supreme Court declined to hear a case about Section 230, which is the law that largely protects online platforms from being sued over what their users post. Let's move on to virtual reality. And maybe you've heard of the MetaQuest Pro headset, or maybe not, because there's not that many people who really care about VR, and that headset costs (laughs) $1,000. Well, the news is there's a new VR headset coming out from Apple, and it's going to be even more expensive. The headset is set to retail for $3,000. Finally, let's talk about marijuana. Workplace drug screenings that have come back positive for weed hit a 25-year high of 4.3%. This is coming at a time when pot is getting legalized throughout the country, so maybe that's why people are uh, smoking up a little bit more. On to our main story, space food. I don't know what that makes all of our listeners think of, but... If you go way back, it used to come in cubes and sticks. And for a while in the 1970s and maybe even into the 1980s, you could actually buy these space food sticks. They came in flavors like butter and chocolate. They were made by Pillsbury and somehow they were marketed as being nutritious, which did not seem to be the case. There was also Tang, that orange drink, which John Glenn 
drank way back in the 60s and is apparently still a pretty big deal in uh, places like Argentina and Brazil. But generally speaking, space food has never really sounded all that appetizing or really that nutritious. That could be changing, however. Juliette, what's happening in uh, the world of space food? It seems like there's some new innovations going on. Yes. So we were able to talk to someone who participated in the Deep Space Food Challenge, which is very exciting, at least to me. Oh, yeah. Love the title. (laughs) Yes. So it was a competition hosted by NASA, the Canadian Space Agency, and the Methuselah Foundation, the latter being more focused on longevity, but obviously the first two on space and space travel. And the idea is to imagine cuisine for long space missions. So when an astronaut's up in the ISS, you can get a delivery. If you're going all the way to Mars, no deliveries. You got to bring everything with you. No way. So basically, they're like, how do we feed astronauts and potential settlers of other planets in the future? In, you know, all these challenges such as zero gravity. Uh, that's a big one. You can't really like have salt, a salt shaker in space. It'll just, you know, go everywhere. Right. So it's about zero gravity as well as, like you said, longevity. We're mm-hmm. talking about people who are up there for a very long time, weeks, months. Long time. And if we ever go to Mars, I mean, who knows how long. Yeah. So what company really kind of stood out at the Deep Space Food Challenge and is kind of poised to, to make some changes here? So we talked to Nonfiction. That's a future-focused design firm. Their uh, hook is great. It's we take science fiction and make it real, basically. So I talked to Fanon Bagley. Fanon is a founding partner and creative director there. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not win the competition, but they're still iterating on their prototype. And she just did a TED Talk, and she's kind of going all over talking about this space culinary lab that they built. Okay, a space culinary lab. Yeah, so we have pictures of it in our newsletter, but if you want to think of it, if you want to conjure it in your head, it's about the size of a large refrigerator. And what it has, it has four different components. They're kind of machines, essentially, that these astronauts are using while they're in space. Machine number one is an aeroponic microgreens garden. Essentially, this floods seed pods with nutrients in water. It takes up less water than a hydroponic garden. This one in the pictures in a lot of these prototypes is growing microgreens, but she was telling me that you can actually grow quite a variety of crops in one of these things, even potatoes Mm. and berries. So a lot of potential here in aeroponic gardening. Plus, as I think we can all kind of relate maybe a little bit to an astronaut, we were all trapped in our homes for a very long time. They're trapped in what is essentially a tin can in the middle of the vacuum of space. And for those of us who got into houseplants for our mental health, we know the benefits. There is some evidence suggesting that astronauts may receive some of the same mental health benefits by tending to a garden and nurturing something green that's growing. So that's machine number one. Machine number two, an LG snack system. LG, very nutritious for you. Does not taste great. No, I couldn't However, imagine. this one, you'll grow fresh LG on board and then you'll combine it with a couple other ingredients, MCT oil, uh, sea salt was one of them. And then it makes these little LG balls. Like, um, I don't know, I think if you like have ever gone to like a health food store and they have those little snack balls that are like a lot of rolled up nuts and stuff, you kind of know sure. what I'm talking about. And then you can take your LG balls and you can customize them with nuts, spices, whatever it is that you're into. That's a little nutritious snack. Right, and probably tastier than those other space sticks <laughs> that I was mentioning earlier. Yes, yes. 
Machine number three is a creaming machine. This one is really interesting. Essentially, it is an emulsifier. So it does all of the emulsifying in a contained system because you can't have liquids floating everywhere in space. But if you take, let's say, a liquid and an oil, so coffee grounds and water and butter even, and you emulsify it up, you can create that sort of frothy coffee drink that you might get at Starbucks. Obviously, you will need to put it in a bottle with a straw. You can't have like a little cup. And as she was saying, Starbucks is not popular because they serve you black, sad coffee. It's popular because there's all these varieties of flavors and textures. So this creates a texture. You can also make mayonnaise in it, chocolate ganache, like anything that you can think of that you can emulsify can be made in this machine in a mess-free way where it's not floating all around you. Machine number four is my favorite machine because it's kind of funny. It's a space barbecue. Oh, I love the sound of that. Yeah, you can't barbecue in space because you can't really have an open flame on a spaceship at this moment in time. (laughs) One day. (laughs) Maybe someday in the future. And she was talking about how a lot of times barbecuing is like a a celebratory activity in many cultures. You know, you you go to a barbecue, you have it's a birthday, it's a holiday, whatever. Can't really have that in space. What you can have is like skinless, boneless chicken breast that's been freeze dried that you rehydrate and it's kind of sad. This machine, you take a piece of protein, it could be tofu, a piece of meat, a vegetable. You marinate it in a carbohydrate solution, which could be like soy sauce or maple syrup. And then you put it in this machine where it's kind of between these two panels and a laser draws grill marks on the protein and the heat produces a caramelization without an open flame. And she was saying you can really taste the grill. Like it goes from like, okay, I'm eating this and it's kind of sad to something that actually tastes a lot more appetizing. Yeah, like laser barbecue. Yeah, it's pretty fun. That that sounds like something people would try, you know, here on earth uh, for one thing. Yeah, I would try any of these items in the same way that, uh, you know, people try Dippin' Dots, the ice cream of the future. Right, yeah, exactly. And it sounds like a lot of these items also, they conceivably are going to taste good, certainly better than probably what a lot of astronauts are used to. Mm -hmm. They also seem to have this connection to home. Yes. Obviously, like you said, with the barbecue, with the machine to make some foamy coffee type of drinks. But the most important thing is probably still so that the astronauts can be healthy. Right. Being in space, I would assume, takes a toll on your body. I mean, I've seen Armageddon. Um, (laughs) You remember the type of training they had to go through. It was crazy. Yeah. So why does it matter so much for astronauts to have healthy food? I know we said that nobody cares about virtual reality, but if you end (laughs) up being able to watch the virtual reality series on the International Space Station, you will see how much time they spend working out just so that they don't lose too much muscle mass or bone density, which can happen when you're in these zero gravity environments. They face more radiation, the mental health issues, isolation. You are very, very far from home, among other challenges. She was saying that it's actually dangerous to lose weight in space. On Earth, you know, people try to lose weight. In space, it can actually be pretty bad for you. So you really have to keep your vitals up. So you have to remain mentally and physically fit. This is a long journey. You need to conserve resources. You can't just go to the grocery store. She was saying something like to go to Mars would be like one ton of weight per astronaut per year. Wow. So you're really bringing a lot with you. And the smaller that thing can be, the better. So something like algae that is very nutritious for you, great. Protein that is freeze-dried, great. So it's very important, obviously, to do the most with the least, essentially. And there are several other people who entered this competition and you can look at what they've got going on. I just think what's so interesting about the Space Culinary Lab Mm -hmm. is 
as she was saying, bringing our human nature to extreme environments is how she phrased it. Like if you watch an episode of Star Trek, which is obviously a space utopia, you never see them go to the replicator and say, hey, computer freeze dried strawberries. They're always trying to get a taste of whatever food was popular on their home world or they have these things they do every day. Captain Picard has Earl Grey tea hot every day. And in the same way, this lab brings those rituals that we all have to outer space. You make your morning coffee every day. Granted, you do not do it in an emulsifying machine with a little bag, but like you could do that. It gives you agency over your food. You're not just ripping open a meals ready to eat. You can decide I'm going to flavor my LG ball with these things today. I'm going to draw these kind of grill marks today. So that's really what it seems like they're trying to do. Bring these human rituals and also agency to these astronauts who are probably pretty homesick after a while. Yeah, I would think so. And, you know, just thinking of home, this company, nonfiction, of course, is gearing all this stuff for people who are in space. But did they tell you anything about the possibility of using some of these innovations to perhaps change things here as well? Yes, absolutely. Mom said that ever since she was a small child, she believed that space is an accelerator of innovation because if you can solve for the extreme environment that is space, then you can help people on Earth who have very limited resources. So maybe if people don't have a lot of water or a lot of ground to grow crops on, maybe a aeroponic garden would work for them. And there are all sorts of lessons, I think, that we can learn from space and bring here on Earth. There's a lot of potential that something that's going to happen up there among the stars is going to maybe change our lives a little bit down here in the future. Juliet, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, please get signed up at thehustle.co slash email. We'll catch you next week. Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team, Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies and Work wherever you get your podcasts.